On today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast, Jerry Hughes, now a member of the Houston Texans. What does that actually mean, right? And we also hear from Nick Casario. He's calming everybody down on the rookie expectations. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode. Cody, I see you dancing. Go on, dance your way down to that button. Start the countdown. Are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast. I'm Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman, joined by Cody Davis. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Cody, Jerry Hughes, now in Houston, Texas. We'll talk about how does this affect the defensive front for Houston. Before we dive into, you know, Jerry Hughes, I will like to say that now, including Hughes, the current defensive end group for the Houston Texans is John Grenard, Ogbo Okwankwo, Mario Addison, former Bill Houston signed last week. Uh, Jerry Hughes now, Jordan Jenkins, Derek Rivers, Damone Harris. And when we look at uh, Jerry Hughes, by the way, uh, the Buffalo Bills kind of pushed him out of their future once they signed former Bronco and our L.A. Ram defensive end Von Miller. At the beginning of free agency back in March, Hughes is a Houston native, played at Austin High School over in Fort Bend, um, only missed one game in the past 10 seasons. And kind of an up-and-down year for him last year, right? For one, he turns 34 this upcoming year. Uh, but it, this was the lowest percentage of defensive snaps played last season for Jerry Hughes, right under 52%, uh, the lowest of his career. However, the high, last season he did lead the Buffalo Bills in pass rush win rate. I think he ended the season with two sacks, I want to say. He does give Houston depth at the defensive end position. I'm indifferent on this. I'll let you guys know why, but I know Cody's ready to hop right into it. Cody, Hughes, Houston, what does that really mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, John, I agree with you. I'm indifferent about it as well. But at the same time, I understand why Nick Casario went out and signed Jerry Hughes. And this is my biggest takeaway from this. Remember a couple months ago, NFL Combine, Lovey Smith talked about how important the defensive front is to his defense. Remember, he said that it was the engine to his defense. When you take a look at the defensive front, the defensive end was the weakest position of the defensive front because when you go back and you take a look at last year, they did not have true defensive ends. As a matter of fact, going into the 2021 season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the only true defensive end that they had was Charles Aminihu. And we all know his relationship with this organization went down the drain. Everybody well, I will, else. I will say, this is, I will say John Grenard, who is a 3-4 linebacker, does have experience with playing defensive end going back to his Florida days. But he was drafted in the 3-4 scheme, so I, I got you. Yeah, and look, along with John Grenard, everybody else, Jacob Martin, Whitney Merciless, um, Jordan Jenkins, you're looking at guys who came in as linebackers, and they was trying to convert them into a defensive end. And out of the four, John, as you just alluded to, John Grenard, he did 
excel expectations but when you take a look at everybody else Whitney Merciless is no longer here Jacob Martin is no longer here and Jordan Jenkins uh, I mean he had a subpar subpar season at best for the Houston Texans so I understand the signing of Hughes, especially when you considering that his signing comes a couple days after the signing of Addison. However, my only issue with this is if you were going to go so heavy in signing defensive ends, why not just address this problem and this need during the NFL draft? Yeah, and we talk about this all the time off camera as much as we think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenyon Green will be good for Houston, big for Houston, and big for Houston in one of the areas that they need a player to be big in at that guard position. Jermaine Johnson was also sitting on the board, right? And so uh, you kind of have to figure out, you, you're going to put your heart on the scale, right, and, and see which one is heavier for you to pick. Um, but I'll say this. When we look at the defensive end group, hell, if we look at the current defensive tackle group, Malik Collins, Roy Lopez, Ross Blacklock, Thomas Booker, you can make the case that at this time, the defensive line position is the weakest on the defense. I think Houston has uh, great linebackers as a whole, a good, a good linebacker group. I think when you look at Stingley now with Petrie and some of the things that they may be able to do with bringing guys back in that secondary, that's been improved. Uh, between the DNs and D tackles, this is a very lackluster uh, unit, right? And so hmm. I look at it, Jerry Hughes, and I'm wondering what does this actually mean for the Houston Texans moving forward? And the only thing I can think of is a veteran presence. Right. Yeah. A guy that has played in this league that can help out players like John Grenard, right? Is a healthy guy. So you can look at this twofold. If he is needed on the field, well, you can kind of trust him more times than not to get on the field. Maybe he can help some of the guys out in the locker room with staying healthy, you know, getting their body right. I'm not 100% sure. I do think that this was a move for Houston that they really just want to get depth out there. They do not have a guy that as much as we love John Bernard here, right, we only got a sample size out of him in two years due to injury and before injury, just, you know, Bill O'Brien and them boys and not getting nothing <laughs> right. But we only got a sample size out of Grenard. There's not one player on this defensive front that you can say without a shadow of a doubt, oh, he's going to be a problem for opposing offensive linemen. And so I look at this as a way to make sure that you have situational pieces. Maybe you feel like Hughes is a player you bring in now that, you know, in this situation, this spot of the field, Hughes know how to win in some of the one-on-one -on -one battles, right? And I just told you last season for the Buffalo Bills, I uh, had the highest pass rush win rate. So that's big. Overall, excuse me, this move doesn't move me. It doesn't move the needle for Houston. Uh, he is an older player, as we mentioned. How much time does he have left? We're not 100% sure. We're also not sure that he makes it through training camp once that starts in late July going into August, right? So right now he could be a body. A lot of these things will take – we'll see them take effect soon. But overall, adding him to this unit that is headlined by John Grenard, uh, yeah, it doesn't do anything for Houston. And so I can expect this team to be this. I'm going to wrap it up by saying this. What the Houston Texans – maybe aiming for, at least for this immediate season, they're not just going to get sacks. They're going to get coverage sacks. 
They're going to go out there and let their secondary and their linebacker core, the back seven, be the reason that they're able to get out the quarterbacks. And if that's the case, then we'll see how long you're able to win with that. Of course, we want a, a full season of John Grenard. Haven't got that. That's very important for his third year. Uh, Okoronkwo, I think he's a player that has some upside for Houston. Again, though, he's one of those players, like you mentioned, he's a 3-4 linebacker. He will be converting over to DN, putting his hand in the dirt. So the transition from that. But then after that, you got Jordan Jenkins. Again, he had a, a decent year for the player percentage that he got in. Derek Rivers is a player from his New England days. He's very situational. And then now you're going to have to count on Malik Collins being able to cut down penalties, but still being able to have a good season like he did last year. Uh, Roy Lopez being able to get some stamina. Ross Blacklock being able to be interchangeable between the one technique and the three technique. So for Houston, they're going to really count on their secondary to be able to take the offense off and allow, you know, your defensive front to get after the quarterback. I do want to say this before moving on. Speaking of John Grenard, this gives him the perfect opportunity to step up and be this team's number one pass rusher, especially considering that last year he had, what, somewhere in the ballpark to six and a half to eight sacks, and the guy only played 12 games. So I'm really excited to see what's going to be, you know, in store for John Grenard in the future. Also, ladies and gentlemen, forgive me, the Houston Texans also did sign Rasheen Green, who had – Six and a half sacks last season. So he's another player that, um, and 32 pressures. So he's another player that Houston, young player, want to bring in, add to this rotation and depth of this defensive front. Maybe some guys will work and stick out. Maybe the, some of these guys are just bodies for camp and they'll figure it out how they want to uh, do the roster. But Green, Grenard, Hughes, Addison, Okoronkwo, all new additions. And then hopefully every little step they take, Somebody will be able to get after the quarterback. You saw how I did that. I know y'all like me out there with some of those, but uh, the Houston Texans, we'll see how it works out for the fronts. Summer is coming. With the summer on the way, it brings the heat. The heat brings exhaustion. It's hot outside. You get tired. Sometimes you're going to need that snack that can fuel you on the go, and that's where you call up, check out Built Bar. Uh, whether you need that perfect snack, for your family vacation, what you can do is real easy, small. Throw it in your bag. Throw it in your backpack. Throw it in your pocket. Just make sure you have that bill bar to keep you energized and fueled for your summer vacations. The best part about bill bar, they're healthy and delicious, right? Get the best of both worlds, kind of like Fiesta Remix, right? Uh, <laughs> not only are they healthy and delicious, you ain't got to sacrifice delicious food anymore for health. Go ahead and check out the Bill Bar macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. All of that healthiness covered in 100% chocolate with so many different flavors. It'll make your head explode. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many much more. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. I know a lot of you guys out there are excited about Jalen Petrie, John Mechie, Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green. 
I can keep going with the Houston Texans draft class and undrafted free agents because I do think they may, 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 may be able to find some gems out of that undrafted class. We'll see how that turns out with rookie camp that starts soon. Next week, right, Cody? It actually start on Friday. Start, so rookie camp starts Friday, and then mm. late July we, we get into the training camp, the real fun of the daily grind. Right now we're just kind of pulling the stories and getting excited for the future. But – Nick Casario had a little bit to say about the expectations of this rookie class. And to plainly put it, he said, Cody, it's a little out of control. I don't blame him. I don't blame him, right? And uh, I, I like what he said, though. I want to pull it directly from him because I think this is the best part of, the, of this quote conversation from his press conference. You are disrespecting players that have already actually played real NFL games. And so those guys, the players that Houston brought in before the draft, and some of the guys we're talking about with Mario Addison, right, and, and, and Jerry Hughes, those are some of the players that actually have NFL experience that you're taking away from them and giving it to a player that hasn't stepped on the field yet. Now, I get it. It's great to be excited for your rookie class. Hell, I think it's even better to be excited for your rookie class if you are a Houston Texan, right? You know, considering the job Nick Casario did last year, two first-round picks. I think they got two great players in the first round, the whole nine. But just pump your brakes a little bit, Cody. Like, I think it's okay to say if you're Nick Casario. I think that's a great realization. We live in reality. Let's use a reality stone. I think that's okay to just – just calm down a little bit. Let's get to rookie training camp on Friday. Let's get to training camp in July. Let's play some preseason games first before we start setting these high expectations. Because one thing about expectations, you leave room to get your heart broke. And I think that's what Nick Casario was aiming for. Because ever since a lot of these guys drafted in this year's draft class, we've just been talking about, and not just us, hell, his own coach, Lovey Smith, has done it. When he picked up the phone to call Derek Stanley, he said, you're going to go to the to the opposing team's number one best wide receiver. He didn't say Tavier Thomas. He didn't say Desmond King. He didn't say Lonnie Johnson because Johnson was still on the roster at the time. He said it was Derek Stanley. But, and it so does I, add to the ex- expectations. <laughs> right? It, 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 it does, but I, think, but I think this was Nick Casario's way to take the pressure off of his 2022 draft class. Because there's one thing I do want to say, and you guys heard me talk about this as well. The 2021 draft class was a steal for the Houston Texans. Every single one of those guys came out and played a real valuable role for the Houston Texans last year. We wasn't sitting here talking talking about Davis Mills and Nico Collins and Roy Lopez and placing all these high expectations. And I think that also played into the, the, the fact of why we saw those rookies last year come out and establish themselves as foundational pieces. However, in, in 2022, Stingley, Green, uh, Mechie, 
Um, you know, just almost everybody who was drafted in this year's draft class, we are saying he's going to be the number one corner. He's going to be the guy to help improve this run game. He's going to be the guy to improve the secondary. He's going to be the guy to take over from Brandon Cooks to be this team's number one wide receiver. I understand it's a little bit dis dis disrespectful to players who have already put their blood, sweat, and tears for this organization, for other teams who have signed with this organization. However, John, listeners, this is what happens when you – Put together a record of eight and twenty-five over the last two seasons. And so, on top of that, Cody, you know what we haven't mentioned? Like, there's no way. And now I gotta kind of side with the fans on this one. Right? So I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna eight put and twenty-five out. over the last two seasons. But over that, the last two seasons, eight and twenty-five. I have something that's worse than that. David Johnson and the Rex Burkhead backfield. And so now I put my fan hat on. Hey, you know what, Nick Casario, you're right. Let's calm my expectations. But how could we not be excited to get a guy in Damian Pierce to replace David Johnson running the ball, to replace a Duke Johnson that, you know, his role got diminished and he didn't want to be here, to replace all of these old and tired, worn-out backs. Like, how could, how could people not get excited and have expectations that at the very least, at the very least, Damian Pierce can come in and do a much better job as a player by himself than what the Houston Texans were able to produce out on the field as a running back group in total hmm. last season. Hell, I think even Dare uh, Ogbuwale. Like, like this is this is what you can get excited for, Nick Casario. And I'm sorry. Listen, you, you got a player in Pierce who's very. Uh, very, very personable, very charismatic. People are going to fall in love with that. But I mean, to be back, to, to get back to being serious, I do think that protecting his rookies is great. Uh, you know, fans understand that that you know they still do have to go in and put their NFL work in, which is all fine, true, and dandy. Uh, it's kind of like you know a twofold thing right now. Excitement is going to come with the expectations, so. Um, I respect it. I understand it. I applaud Nick Casario. It ain't nothing he's going to be able to do to stop people from being excited that they no longer mm -hmm. have to watch David Johnson uh, get tackled in the backfield or get hit at the line of scrimmage because it just stunk last season. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insight and opinions from hosts, including Roth Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no off-season for real fans, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, before we get out of here, the Chiefs will open the season with the Houston Texans a noon kickoff game. The rest of the NFL schedule will be released on Thursday. By the way, Nick Casario can give a damn about the schedule. Uh, yeah, he, he does give me Bill Belichick vibes, but we start the season off with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, Lonnie, we hope you're on the roster so you can play again. <laughs> uh, but not just that. 
Justin Reed. Reed. Justin Reed. He's right? going to have an opportunity to come back to NRG Stadium. And, John, this kind of goes back to what we just finished talking about in terms of lowering the expectation. That means Derek Stinley's first opponent, he's going to have to contain not just Juju, but he's going to have to watch Patrick Mahomes, a guy who will run on the left side of the field and find his target on the right side of the field with us with some kind of stupid no-look pass. Who knows? But um, I think that's you know, a good you, test. You know what Houston else Texans. is interesting about that? Uh, if he's going to be going against number ones, it won't be Tyreek Hill no more because, of course, we know that Hill is in Miami. But uh, his fellow rookie mate, Sky Moore, which I just I don't I don't understand how teams allow the Kansas City Chiefs to go out and get Sky Moore, <laughs> but uh, I think that duo between he and Patrick Mahomes would be scary. Mm. But he's so, out so, there so that, 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 Moore. I said he would be guarding Juju. So Juju, Juju, Juju be. Juju do you think it'd be Juju first, only because Juju is the veteran and? He will already know how to attack a rookie cornerback, or do you just think it'll just be Scott Moore right off the bat? I think it'll be because that'll be Scott Moore's debut, and he won't be as a threat as he's going to turn out to be later on. But you know, thankfully, uh, we only play him one time this season. I think it'll be whoever Patrick Mahomes chooses, man. Like we we've seen games in Mahomes' career, you know, he can pick and choose. We've seen McCole Hartman have big games. We've seen Robinson mm-hmm. have big games. You know, they pick and choose between Kelsey and Hill when, when that trio was, you know, killing secondaries, right? And so I think it, it just chooses – I mean, it depends on the game plan and who Patrick Mahomes chooses. Uh, but uh, he'll be going up against the Sky Moore. Also, some of the rookies are getting their numbers and fellow hometown Jalen Petrie will be rocking 42 this season. I think that's kind of ugly. <laughs> What you, what, you, what you want him to wear? 42? What else he's going to Oh, He wore eight in college, correct? He did wear eight in college. I just – 42? <laughs> I just I just hope this team is fun this year. Right? They got some, you know, some young guys in their locker room. Got some good vets. So I'm, I'm hoping that the, the balance will be there. But just fun and 42, I don't know. Just – it's not fun to me. Not for a rookie. Safety. That's just me. But, uh, guys, this is one of them slow grind news days. So I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texas Twitter page and also like and subscribe on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.